Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Polarizer podcast. Today I'm talking with uh, Guido Lange. He's actually uh, Marnix's older brother. You've heard Marnix on the show many times before. He's been on three times and um, I will uh, be sure to link to those episodes in the show notes as well. So check out thepolarizer.com for all the episode information and show notes. There's a lot of show notes for this episode because we talk about a, a lot of interesting things. And... Um, Today we are talking about nuclear stuff, about atoms and neutrons, and uh, what else? You can be an intro to today. Nice. Protons, electrons, fusion reactions. Fusion reaction, yeah, we're talking about fusion reactions, and fission reactions, and nuclear waste, and nuclear bombs. Actually, well, we haven't talked that much about nuclear bombs, nah. a little bit, but that's not, that's, we should talk about it next time too. <laughs> But uh, so there's there's a lot of very interesting uh, plasma too. Yeah, yeah that was a that's big what we started thing off with. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. So this is the. Well, how would you call this podcast, man? From plasma to fusion, first steps. From plasma to uh, fusion, I'm just gonna call it from plasma to fusion. Yeah, from plasma to fusion. Yeah, that's it's a good some, name. Some, yeah, we missed the fishing part of it actually. Okay, so, well, <laughs> all right, um, well, we shouldn't make this too long because yeah. we, we already, already went forever in this episode. So if this sounds interesting to you, stay tuned. Tell all your friends about it. Tweet all your friends and Facebook all your friends and all that bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Enjoy the show, motherfuckers. <laughs> Recorded someplace random on this interesting planet we live on with your host, Dick Hubei. You're listening to the Polarizer Podcast. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. And your mic's falling over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I added these, um, I added su uh, suspension to my microphones since last episode. And it's great because you don't hear, you don't hear a loud bang whenever we move anything on the table but the downside is that it's added some weight and my mic stand they don't have enough counterweight to uh, deal with that so <laughs> there you go that's uh i'm sure you have a nice uh, english saying for that too like you you fall before you need to walk or something yeah. something like that <laughs> i mean you know what i'm saying uh. well anyway right now i'm very excited to talk to you because you are First of all, a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a very long time. Like we were probably like, well, from from the time we both started to play outside, we know each other. So exactly, pro probably since three years old or something. Four, four, four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. And uh, you are also a physicist. That's true. Which is something I find very, very fascinating. And. <clears throat> Your field is applied physics, right? Yeah, that's what I studied. And your specialization was nuclear fusion. That's correct, yeah. Which is tremendously interesting because that's, uh, uh, that could lead to infinite energy, right? Yeah, well, n nothing is infinite, of course, but um, right. we have plenty. Yeah, Okay. like uh, for billions of years, uh, we would have sufficient uh, deuterium in seawater. Okay. So, 
Oh, wow. uh, and yeah, that, that's a time scale in which we need to think of moving to another planet mm-hmm. because the sun gets gets too large. So that that will do. Yeah. The deuterium, you said. Yeah. What, what what's that? Um, or, or you know what? Let's let's start at the beginning because I personally lo- know a little bit about uh, how nuclear energy works. Not a whole lot, but I kind of know the basics, sort of. Okay. Uh, not everyone does. So the way a nuclear power plant works is uh, you split an atom and that generates heat. And with that heat, you you heat water and that generates steam. And then you use that steam pressure to create kinetic energy. And then you transform that into electricity, basically. And it, instead of splitting an atom, you try to fuse it's atoms. Very different right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that, that's, that's true. That's they um, need to overcome some barrier to to get close to one another in order to fuse, mm-hmm. because they're all the the it's it's hot enough that the particles are all uh, uh, charged. Okay, what does it's that a, mean? It's a plasma. So um, normally an atom is neutral. Okay. So that means that there's uh, as, as much uh, electrons and protons uh, in the nucleus and okay. electrons around it. So well, that's what, what what are electrons and <laughs> okay so atoms are made of um, three fundamental uh, composites okay um, and an atom is, is one of the smallest parts that we yeah that's the smallest of. part of material that still has the its own material properties okay so um, okay. it it it's, it defines what kind of material properties it has okay so like oxygen. It's a gas at room temperature and we breathe it. Uh, nitrogen is also a gas at room temperature. There's 80% of it in the air. Uh, but uh, f- uh, iron, for example, that's a solid at room temperature. And that, that's all, I, uh, th- those are all atoms. Okay. So, yeah. Um, the uh, 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 So, in, in every atom, there's a certain, uh, um, well, constellation of, Protons, protons and neutrons in the nucleus. Mm-hmm. And, and the uh, nucleus is the thing is that... The, no, no, that's the inner the inner part of it. Okay. So it's it's really small, although really heavy. And around it circles some uh, cloud of electron-ness. We, maybe we will come to that later when we talk quantum mechanics, because that, that's all about how, uh, how those clouds form. But they're... So also, there's uh, also there are particles, and they uh, are in a certain amount around the nucleus. And when it gets hotter and hotter, the outer shell of the electrons uh, gets loose because the the, the uh, connections are uh, stressed too much because of the heat. Because heat is actually nothing more than vibration, really, right? Yeah, really heavy movement, yeah. jiggling all around. The, and when when it gets hotter, you jiggle more and more. And then you bump until uh, you bump into one another, like I'm with my mic right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's annoying. Yeah, so uh, you bump into one another, and the outer shell of electrons let loose. Electrons are charged, um, and they are charged negatively. Okay. And protons are charged positively, exactly the same amount. However, negative versus positive. And when the electrons let loose, then you have ions with a positive charge and electrons with a negative charge flowing uh, all around each other. What are ions? Ions are uh, charged particles. Okay. So uh, that's a general term for it. And they are charged positively because the electrons uh, are charged negatively, but they are flown away. 
And when uh, a gas in, is in such a state that you have electrons and ions flowing uh, through uh, each other, uh, around each other, then you talk of a plasma. Okay. And the plasma is actually, uh, so you can say, uh, uh, think of it like the fourth state of uh, matter. Like you have solids, you have fluids, you have gases, and you have plasmas. And like the sun, the sun is a hot uh, ball of hydrogen, helium, plasma. Okay. And there are fusion reactions happen in the center. Okay. So, and, and my guess is a very, uneduc- very uneducated guess would be that for there to be a plasma, you need to, they need to even one another out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. Yeah. And when you start with a neutral gas... Then they even the, each other out by definition because you it's, it's neutral. neutral. Uh, so if you start to heat it up, then the electrons let loose. But if you contain everything in a certain container, um, then you can make sure that uh, the plasma stays uh, neutral in its uh, on a whole uh, at all times. However, on the micro scale, it's not neutral. There are charged, there are oscillations going on within so, that within box. the pl- yeah. within the plasma. Yeah. yeah. So, like for example, if an uh, ion moves this uh, uh, a little bit in this direction, electrons are moving in the other direction, and you start to get a small electric field okay. and a small oscillating electric field and a small oscillating magnetic field together makes radio waves, right. makes light waves. So. That's the fundamental for, uh, fundamental force of nature, the electrical and magnetical force that creates all kind of the light waves, the electromagnetic spectrum. Okay. So like you know, what we're listening to now. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all kind of different phenomena happen in plasmas, like turbulence and uh, uh, other kind of interesting uh, repeating phenomena, uh, complex behavior. And... Um, You try to make use of it to contain the plasma as much as possible and to make sure the hot particles are close to one another. And also you have you suffer from it because all those kind of turbulences can damage you the wall of your machine Okay. when they burst. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so it's very volatile and very hard to contain. And it's, yeah, uh, and hard to control, actually. Hard to control, yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, so... Plasma is basically the hottest uh, it can get. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Okay. And is that uh, uh, my my guess is that it's different for every particle, or is it just an, a final heat? Where everything just turns no, to plasma. That, that's true. You have you have got plasmas of different temperatures. Okay. And um, at different temperatures, something uh, will start start to be a plasma, and that's all due to how the atom looks like, because how strong the electromagnetic force is to have the outer electron in the shell, um, in order to make it a plasma, uh, it ne- needs to let loose. But the the force, the strength of it. That's uh, due to what kind of uh, atom it is uh, attached to. Okay, right. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything well, in, in indeed uh, make makes sense to a certain extent. Yeah, you, but it, I mean, it hurts my brain to try to conceptualize it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, this is a lot of information at once. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> but it's 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 fascinating. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's so cool. 
All right, I'm gonna check on on the ribs for a second. Cool, because they uh, they're in there for a little while now. See if they're still good. All right, we're back. Ribs are looking good, steady, smoky. Let's um, give that another give it another twenty minutes or so, uh. and then uh, low temperature, slow cooking, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, man. Big green egg or a Kamado Joe, if you uh, if you have the chance to get one, you should because it's the coolest thing. <laughs> well, anyway, we were talking about where to go next because uh, this is a very complicated subject, uh, a subject that I'm pretty ignorant about, and so I just ask you, what's the logical next thing we should talk about before getting to the to the final question, like? Uh, what what's nuclear fusion all about and why is it why is it such a big deal right so yeah. we established uh plasma sort of in the, in the, the cliff notes i guess yeah <laughs> so because i'm sure there's entire libraries written about that alone right about plasmas yeah yeah, yeah that's that that's a field of study in its own and it's not only applied for nuclear fusion plasmas are used in industry widely to um, make small uh, variations on a chip or uh, right. uh, uh, oh, wow. doing really um, so the, the chips uh, de- in your de- phone depositing means. of layers on of, of chips okay. depositing of that and make that really fine grained and, and stuff wow so that's what plasmas are industry so, really, so how does that uh, work yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, there are so many rabbit holes, man. <laughs> yeah. So there's, because, okay, this is maybe one small bridge from plasmas in general to, then then we talk about diffusion reaction. Okay. So uh, one thing about plasmas is uh, because it's another state of matter, mm-hmm. it also interacts um, in its own way with other states of matter. Like it interacts with a solid wall, but it interacts differently with a fluid wall. You can also think of a fluid wall with a plasma. But first the solid wall. Then... It's a dog. The dog dog is listening to our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, first the solid wall. If it's made from another material, like for example tungsten, and there's a hydrogen plasma bumping uh, onto it, small tungsten particles may get into the plasma. And they quickly deionize uh, or uh, neutralize the plasma because so many electrons in the outer shell get loose because it make, makes also part of the plasma again. Right. Uh, but it directly, yeah, um, uh, burst out the flame of plasma that's uh, that's in the machine because okay. all kind of all uh, ions get neutralized very fast. So it's also very uh, fragile. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's uh, something for in nuclear fusion reactors. That's one of the big challenges, actually, how to uh, think of the correct wall around mm. the plasma. So the diverter, the outlet, actually, of plasma particles need to interact with the wall, but you don't want wall particles get back into the plasma. It's really difficult how to make a, a proper arrangement of that yeah shape of electromagnetic waves okay so um but that I, I, because you said earlier that it's extremely volatile and predictable 
it's almost impossible to to come up with a good wall i would think as as a someone who knows nothing about this yeah and yet there's uh, being built several machines doing nuclear fusion on a big scale really there's a machine in england it's called jet the jet tokamak um and that's currently that has reached break even and with that What's it's that meant mean? um um exactly the amount of um heat power you put in you got out from the fusion reactor f- fusion reactions inside okay so this is actually a big leap towards uh before we talk need to talk about fusion but towards uh what the machines are currently doing and achieving mm-hmm. um so so it takes a lot of heat yeah it makes sense it makes it it takes a lot of heat to 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 create a plasma and to heat it up enough to make fusion reactions right so you need to yeah of course you hope that you get more out of it than you put into it that's uh eventually the goal the goal Uh, for an energy source otherwise it wouldn't be an energy source at all right yeah 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 Yeah, okay of course (laughs) when you when you break it down like that i'm like fuck I'm dumb, you know. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's 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 really uh, deep insights, but they're all logical. Yeah, they make, so, uh, make so much logical sense in, yeah. in, in some sense. But you um, you do already a lot of uh, repetition in uh, deep insights after one another. Yeah, to understand yeah, it, the simplicity of, of exactly. It. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's 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 true. Well, but yeah, whenever I talk about this with you, like I can, I can feel that my, that my brain is basically at the, at the edge of what it's capable of when I'm, when I'm trying to conceptualize this and understand why it makes sense. You know? It's uh but it's so interesting, man. Yeah. So there's, there's machines out there that, that don't lose energy by creating nuclear fusion. That's, that is true. However, um, it is still mm, you. You um, you mentioned how uh, nuclear fission reaction reactors work, like being a big steam pump, a steam engine that uh, creates electricity. Yeah, there's nothing uh, being done with the heat that you put out, so there's no electricity being made yet. Okay. So you need to to have a higher um, ratio to uh, um, cope with the conversion losses you have later in the process, right. because the efficiency of a steam turbine is not very good. That's not very good. Yeah. You reach forty percent uh, to uh, when you want to create enough kinetic or the kinetic energy to create the electric energy by uh, magnets. And that's still the only way we know how to do it, right? It is true. So that's always some odd fact about also fusion in a as a field on a, in well as a as a field in total. It's actually a very expensive way to cook water. Yeah, <laughs> it is <laughs> uh, actually a very expensive water cooker you want to make. That's that's yeah, basically it's, yeah. it's so weird that on the one side. The, the part of creating a, a nuclear fusion power plant, like the one side, the nuclear fusion part, that's probably the, one of the most complicated things uh, mankind has ever worked on. Uh, <laughs> and then we we use, once we figure that out, we're going to just heat up some water and get some wheels moving. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. 
But despite of the huge kinetic loss, a nuclear power plant is still much more efficient than a coal power plant, or and there's no waste and and all that. So that's that's true. Yeah. If you look at like one unit of uranium compared to one unit of coal or or gas or oil, and the amount of energy difference that's in that same volume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how much more energy is there in in it, it's like uh, like to 20,000 times more than coal or something. I I forgot the numbers on something this because ridiculous. this is this is actually the difference between two, two total different regimes of uh, of reactions. Okay. Because one is the chemical reactions that are the uh, due to the uh, electrons in the outer shells and in the inner shells. Those are the chemical reactions and that that's uh, with burning stuff. Burning stuff is doing chemical reactions. But uh, uh, splitting uranium, then you go to the nuclear reactions. And that's a very a way stronger force in nature that holds together the different atoms. And therefore atoms are very small compared to what they, um, in the world they live in. And um, so in the nucleus, that's a very strong force uh, needed to um, get all this high, uh, this ionized protons together, which are all positively charged. But nevertheless, inside the nucleus, they want to stay together. So there's a force even stronger than the electric repulsion between the two protons, a force that's even stronger that holds two repelling protons together. And um, that's the nuclear reaction. And that's exactly what you want to uh, use when you do fusion. Because two big uh, logs of uh, protons and neutrons together, they have a small um, small nuclear force. But two protons, compared to their mass, compared to their mass, it's so strong, the repulsion, that if you overcome that bridge by doing the fusion reactions, by tunneling to one another, by fusing, Slowly. Mm-hmm. Is it slowly? Then, well, slowly in the sense that there's some uh, potential that starts off um, uh, real, um, like by by chance, by tunneling. Okay. And then quickly the potential, the chance of uh, fusing uh, together that really depends a little bit on the cross-section you, uh, you have when two uh, of those atoms meet each other. So the cross-section, the chance that you fuse, that depends on... They need uh, to actually physically collide with each other. Physically collide, yeah. 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 So, um, and then having a chance of staying together. Okay. Um, But when they do, then they stay together and they form a new particle, namely helium. That's what happens in the fusion reaction. In a fusion reactor, you have deuterium, what I uh, mentioned in the beginning, and tritium. And those are two isotopes of water, of hydrogen, actually. Hydrogen is one proton. Deuterium is one proton with a neutron. And tritium is one proton with two neutrons in the nucleus. So, and there are two nuclei, one with an extra neutron and one with two. They fuse together and they become an alpha particle. That's helium. And that's two protons, two neutrons in the nucleus. But hey, we had another neutron, right? And that's true because uh, the other uh, neutron that flies, um, well, on its own, 
Mm. That's just a neutron, not anymore being able to make part of the plasma because the plasma was charged particles, but the neutron just flies out of the machine because it cannot be banned with the by the magnetic forces anymore. So it became it, it becomes useless at that point. Well, no, then it starts. It it's hot. Oh, that's, of that's a hot particle. So it flies onto the wall and in the wall, it needs to be stopped by several layers of concrete. Uh, but before even a blanket to make new tritium uh, atoms and uh, to give off, uh, give off the heat to the cooling system. That eventually is the heat exchange to your uh, steam generator. Okay. So the neutrons <laughs> are actually actually the, the, the outlet in terms of, of heat. Okay. Uh, and that, that's what you constantly catch by the wall. And there you convert the heat and then you uh, put it into your steam engine. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That, um, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I, I guess that's, yeah, I, I can sort of kind of, I mean, it went, it went very fast for me, but it was, um, it, yeah, I I think I understand what you're saying, <laughs> kinda. So, um, yeah, wow, that's cool. Mm. Okay, well, am I going too fast? You think? No, no, it, it's good. It's good. It's just okay. like because I'm 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 listening to you and I'm 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 trying to understand it, and at the same time I'm trying to uh, measure what the average person would know about this. Right. And um, yeah, we we probably lost a couple of people along the way. <laughs> But that's, uh, I mean, that's fine. We, we, we all just, uh, yeah, we, we can, we can, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about other stuff too yeah. later, but so you, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying in, uh, I, I get the concept on the, on the basic level, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of very complex, uh, information and abstractions I have to make to really, uh, because you talk about walls, you know, and you, you visualize an actual wall. And of course there is a wall, but you're talking, we're talking about the skill that, that, you know, you, you can even see, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, but it's, it's fascinating, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think our ribs are about done by now. So I suggest we take a bite and uh, cool off a little bit and then continue <laughs> alright cool alright thanks dude I'm really enjoying this so far so uh nice thank you cheers cheers man alright my dude cheerio cheerio hmm <laughs> <laughs> I just banged my espresso cup to uh, Guido's beer <coughs> beer glass, which is uh, why it was funny. Yeah. So we left off. Where did we leave off? And by the way, those ribs are awesome, man. I'm, yeah. I hope I'm not too distract- <coughs> distracted by um, the fact that I'm still uh, enjoying the afterglow of eating some awesome ribs. <laughs> <laughs> so... But um, yeah, we we talked about plasma, and you went pretty deep into the mechanics of how uh, nuclear fusion works. And <clears throat> what what would you how would you explain the fundamental difference between nuclear fusion and um, nuclear? 
what do you call it? Fishing. Fishing, yeah. 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 Um, so let's start off with... Uh, a little bit closer on the mic. Yeah. All right, let's... Oh, yeah, that's the difference, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is a story about how nuclei are bound together. Nuclei are bound okay. in itself, depending on how much protons and how much neutrons are in that nucleus. In other words, depending on what kind of atom it is, um, having the tendency to fuse with one another or rather to split. And um, that is, if you would look to the smallest atoms, mm -hmm. like hydrogen, or the larger ones, like uranium. Oh, by the way, let's move our chairs. Let's be, let's be a little bit more comfortable and natural, man, Like because if you're looking to the side the entire time while you're yeah. talking to me. So All let's, right. let's move this mic stand here. It's a very professional production, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is our... Uh, there you go. That's a, uh, okay. We're running a radio station right here. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's, uh, yeah. Radio station 101. <laughs> Let's uh, start. WNBC. <laughs> yeah. So if you would look how the smallest atoms like hydrogen or the larger ones like uranium, which has already a weight of 235 times the weight of hydrogen, um, so that's really a large clump of protons and neutrons in the nucleus, okay. all bound together by the strong nuclear force. And when uh, another particle like a neutron hits that a little bit lumpy and unstable cloud of uh, neutrons and protons, they have a possibility to split, to split into smaller ones, like half the size or about half the size. And um, those can be radioactive as well. That's what the nuclear waste actually is. Okay. So the the reaction products of and, it. And I know this is going uh, uh, down a different rabbit hole, but what is radiation exactly? I from from if I remember correctly, uh, it's was it non-ionizing? Uh, all right, let, let's. <clears throat> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I know and you tell me if I'm right. Okay. Dif difference between dangerous radiation and not dangerous radiation is when dangerous radiation changes whatever it hits and not dangerous radiation doesn't. Yeah, that's true. That's where the ionizing part of it ionizing, comes that's it, into, yeah. into place. So, um, can you explain that as, as simple as you can? <laughs> like we talked about ions before. Yes. That was with electrons in the plasma. So, when um, some radiation that is um, of, uh, from electromagnetic waves uh, comes into it and is strong enough, it can ionize it by uh, removing the outer electrons again. Okay. However, ionizing means that it changes it, right? Yeah, well, ionizing first means that it got ionized and that is that it becomes charged. So the outer electrons become loose from the material. Okay. So, and then um, 
it, and when it's ionized, it uh, has all different kind of chemical properties again. Okay. And it wants to bind to to other stuff, making salts, per, uh, for example. And um, so, yeah, that's what um, radiation can do. But there, what is radiation? The good answer to it, there's different types of radiation. Okay. So... Uh, we now experience a nice warm evening radiation right <laughs> in the form of light and that's like i said electromagnetic waves yes you also have particle radiation like uh, alpha radiation that's the alpha particle that is the helium that is the fusion reaction product so um you have uh, beta radiation that is radiation from electrons and you have gamma radiation and gamma radiation is the electromagnetic waves okay so uh, and the particle that does that is the transmitter of that wave so there's that is deep into quantum mechanics the duality between waves and particles but there's also uh, connected to the electromagnetic wave is a particle a light particle and that's called the photon you probably have heard of right. it for yeah. uh, one yeah so, yeah, the whole business of handling how uh, light and uh, and and radiation is transmitted. So a so the radio waves that come from um, FM radio and and uh, your microwave and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. That's that's a non-ionizing radio wave, right? That is true. Yeah, that is uh, that is true. Okay. All right. As long as it's not uh, firm enough, like uh, Röntgen radiation, like the really short wavelength. Like the X-ray. Yeah, yeah. X-ray, exactly. So that's uh, also the same uh, form, although a different frequency, but it's exactly the, the, the same kind of uh, behavior, Okay, like but light. It, but it becomes dangerous when, it, when the frequency is really high? Or? Yeah, because then it co- uh, contains a lot of energy and it can burn into you. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So you get that's what happens when you get a sunburn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, burned by a laser to right, uh, <laughs> right. to do uh, yeah dangerous stuff. Huh. Okay. So. All right. <sighs> Give me a second here, man. <laughs> mm. Oh, like I said before, like after you tell me all this, I'm I'm still like thinking about it and putting it together and and usually that takes me uh, that's that's why i like to go on on uh on long walks by myself and that's mm-hmm. why i sometimes like to just get in my car and take a drive and just drive around and you know so it's but it's not it's not good to, it's not good for a podcast so <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah okay so you with nuclear fission you split atoms and then um Right, you you got a lot of heat because mm-hmm. they they when they split a lot of energy that's in there gets uh, <coughs> gesundheit okay. gets uh, gets freed I guess mm-hmm. yeah so and that's gets freed in the form of uh, neutrons and um, well just also a photon I believe um, yeah I think so because when when a nuclear bomb explodes you first get a very f- bright flash. Or is it something different? Uh, poof. Um, it's essentially the same, I think, but I, I know nothing. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. 
not sure. Because that's that's one thing you because it it can also be what you see due to the air that's uh, uh, burst into flames, not not the uh, no. reaction itself. No, actually, like if if you're if you're like really far away from a nuclear bomb exploding, mm-hmm. if you if you look at it, the the light flash will destroy your vision. All right, and so there's there's also a crazy amount of photons. I think yeah, released. yeah, that has to be the case then. Yeah. Yeah, so if you uh, you can still be far away from from the blast to not get the radio waves, but you can still get your eyes damaged or ruined right. from the flash. Yeah, okay, pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. If I talk about this shit, I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? And I guess I mean it's it's the same exact process, right? But it's uh, much, much more violent and yeah. much less controlled. Yeah. And so yeah, here we we are on the topic of uh, what's a chain reaction. Okay. Because um, that's a fundamental difference between fission and fusion, is that the fission reaction is actually a chain reaction. Okay. And so one um, split atom makes a reaction product and other uh, neutrons that can split other atoms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. So it can uh, continue if you uh, and if you do nothing, it 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 will grow eventually. Right. And yeah, it's, it will, it's like what do you call it? Like the skill that goes the further it goes, the steeper it goes. Yeah, uh, the exponential. Growth. Exponential. Yeah. yeah, of course, exponential. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's exactly what happens, and um, you need to control in a fission power plant. You need to control the uh, the chain reaction. So you need to cool it constantly. And there's various reactor schemes doing several uh, different stuff, but it's also always about some critical mass that can't be too high because otherwise you have too much reaction and you cannot control it. And the fusion reaction is exactly the opposite. You need to keep heating it uh, in order to have the plasma particles close to each other. Because if you stop heating it, the plasma particles will expand and there's no, not enough density and temperature in the core. So the pressure in the core is not high enough anymore to get the fusion reaction running. So that's a fundamental difference when something happens and you stop heating it, the plasma will stop. So it's it's a lot safer too. That's it. Therefore, it's a lot safer too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's literally the exact opposite of a nuclear power plant. Which makes sense because, you know, splitting and, and, and and fusing is our... The opposite, but yeah, <laughs> of course, everything around is going to be the exact opposite too. <laughs> yeah, so that that's true, and that's all about the tendency that uh, atoms have to split or to fuse. And by the way, that's also why I just love this subject because it just makes so much sense. Like it's just when you hear it, it's like, oh yeah, fuck it. You know, even if you know nothing about this, there's uh, everything. Everything in there is such a fundamental truth. You know, and that's mm. I love it. You know, it's very cool, especially with all the woo-woo science going on right now, you know? So that's... Uh, yeah, this is, you know, this is story with rules. Yeah. The, because, and that's because it's... Um, and, and there's no arguing with those rules and, 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 and the rules don't care about your feelings and, you know... No, that's true. It's uh, it, And are not about how smart you are or no, how much... Um, it just is. Yeah, yeah. and eventually... And that's what you do with physics. Um, you have some nice idea and you check with experiment. You verify. Right. You 
you you make a hypothesis in in which you say okay i think this happens when you alter from this state to that state and you build some some device that shows it but if you the experiment shows out uh, comes out to be uh, turns out to be um well stating otherwise then the experiment is successful the truth. Yeah, yeah, and well and yeah. and then but then the law doesn't uh, doesn't hold yeah exactly there's no um uh, of course there's egos everywhere but it wouldn't wouldn't help anyone you know <laughs> no no it's, no uh, it's uh, it, it, and and then again there's not much room for that either because if someone says no this is true and no the science says this and the science is always right so yeah what until you you find an, an another thing it's another, constantly yeah, it's constantly trial and error and you need to uh, that's that's how science progressed yeah um, it's such a beautiful to method. falsify ideas yeah so um you predict something and um the experiment can be really successful when the prediction uh doesn't come out yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean it's it's i still wonder how we ever came up with that that's such a genius idea really that's years of uh years of evolutions of thinking actually yeah because it's uh, it's really deep uh um fundamented in philosophy as well yeah that's true like uh, Karl Popper the uh, philosopher scientist who scientist who came out with the philosophy of science I believe it was okay and he was the one who quite formally stated things about falsifying things hmm. and uh, trying to find the black swan in if you state that all swans are white then finding one black swan is stronger than finding a thousand or even a million white swans. <laughs> right? That's very true. And that's 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 falsifying ideas. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah somehow somehow I feel we're we're there's there's a I don't know, there's there's a weird anti movement against that going at the at the moment i feel there's there's like everyone's just talking about feelings and you know like oh that this is this is my truth you know or i feel you know uh-huh. that that whole thing it's it's i don't know where it came from but it, it wasn't around 10 years ago this weird like uh you know political correctness thing like science that science can be racist and shit like that you know yeah well i i, I think the or sexist or whatever is it's uh, but I, you know I don't want to talk about p- politics but I just yeah right well the it, it it seems perhaps that they sometimes try to bite each other but actually the different fields don't have to be it it's about different things science is about science things yeah science is not about the feeling aspect okay yeah, something that science the, doesn't the, the thing is though like people are trying to I, I get the feeling that a lot of people kind of Want to bring feelings into science? I don't know. Mm. It's uh, uh whatever. I mean, I, I don't want to because that's a whole different road we can go down on and go down on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hmm. Something for later. Well, the science of feelings. Yeah, not to go going down on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were um, we were talking about yeah nuclear fission. So you you generate a lot of heat by by splitting an atom. Yep. 
And then you also get a bunch of byproducts that are not so good. So to do nuclear fission, you need uranium. Why uranium? Uranium is a typical example of some big, not so stable atom. Okay. And it's about the instability that makes it a good candidate. You have other candidates too, like thorium, which is uh, about in the same mass range. Um, but they are big lumps and they are not so stable. And not so stable means... I've also heard things about thorium reactors. Is mm-hmm. that, it's like the same principle with, the, with a different material. Yeah, that's thorium. Okay. Like uranium is a different atom than thorium. Right. So uranium is, I believe, uh, 91 protons. Is that true? It has a mass of 235 or 238, where 235, I believe, is the fissile one. And it has to be enriched to a high enough level from 238 to 235. But enriching, what's that? That's like taking the best parts and putting it together or something? Uh, And trying to shake the neutrons out so that it becomes a different isotope. And the isotope is less stable and prone to fission reactions. And when a neutron flies in, it's easy uh, fissiles. Uh, It it, it easily, well, starts to split. Okay. um, Right, so before they can actually do it properly, they need to modify it a little bit. Yeah. It's a beautiful night, man. Hmm. Birds. Early summer, my favorite time of year, man. It's not too hot. It's... uh, which is nice. Yeah, nice and quiet. Yeah. All right. So you you split uh, you split the atoms, and then then you get you get a lot of heat, and you also get radiation. Yeah. Well, you get byproducts, and they radiate. Okay. Yeah. And are those those byproducts like I'm I'm trying to to see it um, visually? So mm-hmm. you got a nuclear power plant, and you got you got the uranium. What, what does it look like? Like it comes in rods. It's a rod, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it it's it's in in rods. I I believe it's it's a metal too. Yeah. So it's uh, it rods and it's sometimes I believe uranium packed in pebbles of like uh, carbon who are who capture the neutrons that fly out. So slowly um, break down the neutrons already. So we start to cool them. Okay, so so they're just basically metal rods, if you would see it. Yeah, and done in uh, in in composite, um, uh, caught in composite pebbles. Okay. Uh, so or with composite around it, uh, carbon. Okay. Um, to slow down the neutrons, and that's already the heat starting to come out, and then distribute the heat properly, because that's what you want to do. You have a very uh, dense reaction, right? And what you want to do is distribute the heat in such a way that it goes to your water cooker in an efficient way, in a sustainable way. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then um, they put this, these rods into a bath and that starts to heat up the water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what happened at Chernobyl and Fukushima was when the cooling didn't work, right? Or, or I think Chernobyl was some weird experiment gone wrong because... I read an article about it. It turned out that it was just a bunch of mad Russian scientists who wanted to see what happens if you just turn a cooling off in a reactor like that. And it was an old design too from like an outdated design that's not used anymore today. And it was outdated in the 80s already. So Mm -hmm. it was like some very archaic 
machine. And then they were like, oh, let's see what happens if we just uh, turn the cooling off. And um, then then a meltdown happened. And what happened when that happened? Um, I I for, forgot a bit how Chernobyl worked, but um, the meltdown is the way... Well, a meltdown is like a general thing that can happen in any power plant, right? In an efficient power plant, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah efficient, of course, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's that's one thing too. You got to be precise with your language, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Especially when you compare the uh, various yeah. uh, ones in 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 quite a detail. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a bad interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's uh, it's okay. So um, then the chain reaction cannot be uh, cooled anymore. So it goes on and goes on and goes on, and you have some. It's like uh, a diesel motor that uh, that just goes, uh, you know. You lose control over. <laughs> yeah, well, but but way. then even but then even there's there's no cycle in it too. There's only growth of it, so it it becomes that hot that it sinks just through all the material, all the wall material of the uh, of the bottom of the the, 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 the reactor, the, right. the bath. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so it literally melts through concrete and steel and exactly. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, uh, nothing is saved from it. No, and so therefore it can can sink sink really deep and then damage the machine fastly. And nothing you you cannot add something to cool. You cannot uh, right. p- uh, p- put water on it, or because the radiation is so uh, so fast in the uh, in the vicinity of it. Yeah, water just instantly evaporates. And yes, turns and into a gas. Then probably. sending sending people. No, you don't send people to the place to to water the to water no. the thing. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> It's uh, it's a hard thing to do. So once and once ca- can go on for weeks. Yeah, but once that starts, there's no way of stopping it either. No, yeah. no, yeah. exactly. And that's uh, an advantage you would have in fusion power plants. Like I said, when you stop heating it, it mm-hmm. stops. The reaction stops. Okay, right. So it, it's uh, it would be probably uh, the safest energy source too. Um, because you just yeah Stop well there's it. nothing harmful to solar panels and wind farms either well but yeah well then again but those those uh, solar panels they're made of I think there's some uh, rare materials in there too and uh, windmills it's made of aluminum and it's mechanical and, and it, you know you need to maintain them and that that's true but as far as now uh, is understood you also need to maintain a fusion reactor like yeah, sometimes you need to change the wall material around the diverter. What I'm trying to say is the amount of energy you would get out of it, it's just on such a different kind of level that everything else is instantly kind of bullshit. No, that, that won't be true, actually. Really? No, no, no. I would foresee a future where in which fusion makes up, for example, 20% of the energy production. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, because it's... Uh, on a global economical level, it's far more efficient to distribute the energy need over different energy sources rather than fully using one. Right. Oh, well, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I and, mean, yeah, I actually did research in this. Huh. Uh, I, I published an article in this uh, on really, this topic. Where, where can people find that? It might be. Uh, yeah, I can what, send you a link. What, what is? It? Yeah, just email me a link. I'll put it in the show notes. So uh-huh. check out. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this, if you go to thepolarizer.com, you'll see all the podcasts there. 
and with every podcast there's a lot of uh, show notes and more information and links to books and, and websites and everything we talk about so check out the website lots of cool other shit on there as well but um w- w- what's the name of your article um, it's pro- probably people can find it if it's a published article they can find it in the in the database yeah, yeah. that's true and you or you look via google scholar or etc yeah. but i forgot the name of the article right well yeah anyway we'll, I, I, I'll, I'll put it in the, yeah. in the notes yeah huh. so 20 yeah. percent huh yeah or something like that so like that it can be 10 it can be 30 well that kind of uh, that kind of shatters my dream of like infinite energy and and you know mm-hmm. everything is limited yeah when it comes down to doing concrete stuff then uh for the fusion reaction to have this uh, i i briefly talked about it to have this tritium isotope of mm-hmm. hydrogen um deuterium you can find the seawater plenty and it's stable Tritium is not stable. It is not abundant just in nature. So you need to make it somehow. Okay. And I want to make it with the neutrons that come out of the fusion plasma that bump into the wall and bump into lithium blankets. And then a reaction happens that the lithium um, splits out a tritium and some other particle. Okay. And... um, so after this happens, this tritium goes back into the plasma and becomes a fuel, or is the plasma is fueled in this in this way? Okay, holy shit! And so also fusion needs uh, takes up quite some lithium to to get going, and yeah, we have quite some lithium batteries right now, and it's also a finite source. Right. So also in the long run, we even need to think about lithium resources. Right, right, to, right, right. Uh, yeah. Does, does it and take wh- a lot? Um, well, shit, we still need to mine a bunch of shit to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, was, it was, I mean, it's, it's probably, it's, uh, of course, it's a stupid, <laughs> stupid idea, but I had this vision like, oh, well, you know, once we figure this out, we don't have to mine anything anymore. We, we just have this magic shit going on because we're just putting, uh, atoms together and then uh, they fuse and you know that's all good but yeah now no, so, well, things ain't too simple be, we, we maybe we reach that goal and that's when we reach dd fusion dd so, fusion yeah deuterium deuterium can also fuse with each other what, what's or deuterium? deuterium and helium deuterium is the other isotope of water with one neutron in the in the nucleus so okay. one proton and one neutron makes up a deuterium just one proton is a hydrogen atom and um, hydrogen that's, uh, well, part of H2O, mm-hmm. of water. So, um, Cops are looking for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Oh, you lost your train of thought. You were talking about sending atoms through a lithium blanket and uh, how, how that helps fuel the plasma. And um, and then, then I went on about uh, that we still need to mine stuff yeah. to make it work. And that kind of ruined my, my idea of just having this magic energy source that, that will, uh, you know, <laughs> create a utopia on earth, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, you need to mine stuff. And that's because of the deuterium-tritium reaction, which uh, has a larger cross-section and gives more energy. Okay. So that's the reaction that's favorite when it comes to building an energy reactor, an energy source. So, but when you can have higher magnetic fields and a higher confinement, you can also move on to the fusion of deuterium and deuterium and you only need seawater uh, for, uh, for it. Uh, if you can manage to, because that's the criterion, uh, to harvest energy from it. Because if you can't, you're not an energy source and you just do some nice playful activity. Right, but, yeah. But you, and so... Then, then it becomes, yeah, it comes down to what what uh, a fusion reaction precisely is in terms of energy. So okay. it's a cross section and um, some, yeah, um, the the fusing of two um, rather point like spherically symmetric particles um, also becomes some strange geometric dance. In terms of a wave. Okay. Because that's also where the wave particle duality from quantum mechanics happen. So they're a wave and fuse as a wave into one another. Um, because otherwise they can't. You need quantum mechanics to ex- uh, to understand this. Okay. <laughs> um, then uh, you have some, yeah, some distribution over a cross section so how close they are to one another and their velocity so how fast they move uh uh they they pass along one another um so if they have an ideal speed and an ideal cross section to to make the fusion reaction happen and outside of that idealness you have some curve happening and you start to find you want to start to find the peak of the curve and therefore the fusion reactors on earth need to have tenfold the um, temperature as you have in the sun, in the core of the sun. Holy shit. Because the fusion reactions in the sun are easily, because it's uh, easy, because it's such a huge cloud of hydrogen atoms. They, although very small, have a small attraction. (laughs) And that's gravity. And in the center, the uh, pressure is high enough to have a lot of fusion, like what we experience every day. With the sun, yeah. Yeah, but on Earth you can't have that pressure of that huge gravity cloud. Right. And so you need to have other schemes and they do it with magnets. Magnets around the plasma, they uh, keep the, the plasma particles moving in uh, a donut shape. Oh, And it takes a lot of energy to, to magnetize things too, right? Yes, and then uh, it's heated by beams, neutral beams or be- beams of radio frequent particles. Right. Uh, and i'm still um, following you but it, yeah, i mean fuck i'm redlining right now <laughs> <laughs> so then um you put a lot of heat in a lot of you store it in some uh you you contain it with ma- uh, magnetic waves or with, ma- ma- with magne- uh, magnetic coils and um uh therefore you can uh, reach densities and temperatures in the core that um have also pressures high enough to do the fusion reactors, really in the core of the machine. Okay. And there the temperature and density get so high that, uh, well, the pressure is high enough to uh, make, uh, well, bring the particles 
close enough together. Okay, so you you so you're saying we we're we're creating something that's ten times hotter than the sun on Earth. Then the core of the sun, yeah, exactly. So the that's, core of the uh, sun, yeah, and the core of the sun <laughs> is fifteen million degrees, <laughs> and ten times hotter is one hundred and fifty million degrees Celsius. <laughs> And we're creating that on Earth, and we're actually doing it. You know how yes. fucking crazy is that, dude? <laughs> Jesus! Oh, you're blowing my mind, man. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's insane, and especially when you think That's of insane. the. I, I can't. I'm trying to like. I'm, I, you know, I like the numbers are just crazy, but I'm trying to grasp it. But I can't. But fuck. <laughs> Even if I get like one percent of it within grasping it, that's still just so mind blowing that it hurts, man. Mm. Jesus, that's crazy. All right, so we're so we're actually doing this already. We're 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 managing to create something that's that's ten times hotter than the sun, than the core not, of the not, sun. Not really. yet. That's one of the goals for Ether, the machine that's currently being built in the south of France. Okay, um, in France. Yeah, so it's a global project like Europe, America, China, Japan, India, Korea, Russia are in it. Wow! Uh, Europe for the biggest part, but all kind, all parties have their contribution in it. Right. And it's being built in the south of France. And then Japan, always a hard one when it comes to negotiations. Right. Uh, was allowed to. Um, uh, bring the most scientists and later the amounts changed and it's a lot of politics going on because it's such a huge investment we're now talking already about 15 billion euros per for the machine okay for just for the machine for the machine for oh, wow. the, the experiment being built and it's the number is increasing probably so wow. that means that for eventually for your kilowatt hour of electricity, you need to end up with way cheaper machines that are yeah. being built far more easily than this. Because this is, uh, okay, when something costs $1 billion and you produce one gigawatt with it, nominal power, then it costs $1 per watt. Okay. <laughs> and you need to be in the range of a few dollars a watt to be a competitive energy source in the current energy market. Okay, right. right and that's right, a right, number right. you need to strive for and that's a number that you need to develop into. And here you start to think about the economics of an energy source, like how fast can you grow from one reactor to 10 reactors to 100 reactors, the exponential growth path of an energy source. And that's even after you uh, left the lab, after you already pro successfully demonstrated prototypes. Yeah. Well, um, this, this doesn't sound like something that would be easily mass produced. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not yet. Um, yeah. And mass produced, wow. it, it will be always a big step. It's far more bigger than placing one extra solar panel on it. Yeah. So therefore solar panels have a huge, uh, huge uh, uh, rate of replacement right well and I it can grow very fast uh, because of it it you can grow faster if you have a high rate of re replacement because every year you need to build new factories to build the next generation and it 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 really goes way more slower if one reactor 
uh, and the other one are 10 years um, well ahead of each other. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I I never thought about that all that. I mean, but it makes so much sense. Hmm. So okay, and that's uh, and and that's given that we actually manage to turn it into an energy source. Yeah, yeah. Because we're not we're not there yet, right? For fusion, not not there yet. Uh, Ether is the one that demonstrates a tenfold power multiplication. So 10 times as much energy in terms of fusion heat compared to the input uh, heat. Mm -hmm. But also... But then you also need to make your input heat really efficient. (sighs) Yes, and... And uh, you would probably do it with nuclear fission, maybe. No, 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 you you don't do it. Okay. uh, um, Or is that stupid what I'm saying now? Yes, you... um, Yes, okay. Uh, so you 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 create no well it's not stupid <laughs> <laughs> um, so you uh, uh, create you have heat sources like some radio frequent generator um, yeah okay you can do it with the electricity generated from a fission power plant uh, uh, some miles uh, uh, away of you yeah uh, but anyway but that wouldn't be the right way to do it. No, but because that's all part of getting there, getting to be an energy source. And when you are, then you also are generating more than uh, uh, you have in. But you've also always the conversion losses of the uh, the, uh, water uh, or the steam reactor. Mm -hmm. So um, 10 times as much power multiplication is not even enough to have... uh, economically a viable machine right. because it's because uh, you you lose so much power you lose a lot of power yeah. by converting uh, steam to electricity right 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 so it needs to be 40 or so Jesus. and therefore either the energy that you gain that they gain from it will, nothing will be done with it it's just to demonstrate and there's a lot of diagnostics and heating systems all to test and all doing science actually science on materials is one of the biggest challenges like i said and the turbulence in the machine, like controlling turbulent behavior and uh, islands that are growing because um, the protons or the ions follow one another and they start to uh, create some conf- complex wave in the plasma itself. <laughs> so you need to control it. All kinds of different difficult stuff that happens when you do it on high energy. Uh, so the aim for this machine is to find out as much as possible to make the next generation a little bit uh, bigger and a little bit less complex because you know how to control it. And then you try to slowly decrease the number of turning knobs until right. you have an on and off switch for your, <laughs> uh, for your power plant. So that's that's the goal in terms of getting less complex and getting getting really uh, control of the reaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the simpler it is, the better it works by definition. By definition, so yeah. that's what you want to grow to towards. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes, and then you can start to think of a little bit industrial, not per se mass production, but in yeah, an industrial production up until a whole uh, industry sector that is capable of building power plants and building up the industry sector also grows exponential. Right. And that's why building the power plants also grows exponential 
Because the derivative of an exponential growth curve is also an exponential growth curve. That's why you need a little bit of mathematics to understand models when, when, it, comes into, when it comes to physics or uh, the physics of economy. Mathematics is, uh, is important to understand because that's eventually the language that science, the objective science, is based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh Yeah, it's very hard to argue with mathematics. <laughs> mm. No, one, one, one can expand and yeah, then it becomes, it, it's all logical steps following, following one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how many years do you reckon we're away from um, actually having, having something resembling of... Um, Like a, f- a fusion power plant that uh, that's real and that works. Um, What do you think? Like five years, fifty years, five hundred years? Or? No. Um, so let's let's say around fifty. Um, currently, ITER in the south of France is being built, and the plan is to have the first plasma in the mid 20s is around 2025 okay first plasma and then being on full blast 10 years after that with the deuterium tritium reaction so then you talk about 2035 so if you would envision that uh, a few years after that the few, the first demo reactors come online that demonstrate the process but not are economically uh, feasible reactors yet but demonstrate the process including uh, making electricity out the out uh, for it and connecting it to the grid then you're one step before make building the first prototypes that really are start as a high cost uh, well in uh, capital expenditures high costing uh, energy source um, but that doesn't lose money expensive but not not running at a loss as long as you uh, could uh, manage to uh, have it in an ideal system in a, uh, without uh, the need of turning it off or too long maintenance it's okay. really it's really close to break even okay so you cannot have too much losses or too much uh, hurdles on the way Okay, and then it you then you just don't want don't lose uh, money, uh, but that's the step towards the next one who optimizes some step and optimizes some step, and then you are on the way to optimize yourself and uh, until you are you can grow until like ten percent of the energy world of the energy supply, right? Because now this whole dynamics of starting to grow is not even 1% of the energy market, but that's a promille of the energy market or even less. So up until you grow to 1% of the energy market, you need to double like for 40 years or for 30 years or so. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. To double each year. And then you are at 1% and then your growth doesn't become uh, exponential anymore, but it becomes linear. So mm. it maintains that growth, that that the growth speed, and when it enters some, yeah, 
share of the energy world, like 10% or like 20%, it becomes to, it becomes, it starts to stabilize a little bit around that uh, share. Okay. Because the other sources also have their uh, expand power, expansion power. Of course, yeah. So but, therefore but you have always will have a distribution of energy sources and not 100%. But don't uh, you one. think uh, once, once this, this actually becomes a thing that uh, other energy s- sources would become less, right? I mean, it makes sense that once this is here, it's much more desirable to use than to burn coal, you know? Exactly, and that's what that's the type of energy sources that you want to um, uh, lessen mm-hmm. their. Uh, yeah, everyone uh, wants that, you know. Like it's, it's. I mean, it's great that it's here and it's it's cheap. It works. It's not very dangerous, but it's it's also very polluting and it's yeah. just bad for everything. I mean, I understand why, you know, why it's a good thing, but it's also. It's also definitely not a good thing. <laughs> it's uh, so. I mean, once once this is here, I mean, every, I think people would want to. You can already tell that people want to sign up for like wind energy or solar mm. energy, and they're willing to pay a few extra bucks with, to have the idea that they're uh, you know. So I think once this becomes, uh, I mean, obviously it's first gonna come in the first world countries. But Obviously. However, uh, also in India, they are doing this. Yeah, that's and true. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. India, India is such an interesting place, man, because they're yeah. Yeah. on the one hand they're 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 a third world country, full on, and on the other hand they're doing like crazy shit. You know, investments in uh, huge. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but it's such a huge country it's crazy. with such a huge uh, income yeah, more than uh, billion distribution. people there, dude. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I had I had two Indian roommates when I lived in Australia. All right, they were straight off the boat from India, and um, best roommates I've ever had. They were they were so cool, and uh, yeah, they would tell me about what what life is like there, and um, yeah, it was very interesting to to just hang out with them, and and um, we we went out to the bar a lot, and we just uh, you know we hung out a lot. We were we were also really good friends, and it was just so interesting to to kind of uh, see what their attitude towards uh, basic things is like. Uh, you know, the stoplights like uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, Arkadeep and uh, Rajat. Right. Yeah, and they're still in Australia. I, cool. I still I still talk with them on the phone every now and then. Ah. They're just great. At one point, Arkadeep said, "Like, uh, well, you know, it's so crazy. Like, people actually <laughs> wait for stoplights here, and uh, in India, uh, there's there's no stoplights because if there were stoplights, no one would listen to them. But when I got out at the airport, uh, I couldn't believe it. Cars actually stopped, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And he, and he was, you know, he was very sincere about mm. it. And he, mm. uh, yeah, he he was like, "Wow, that's mm. crazy!" Like, he he couldn't, he'd never seen it in his life before, you know. Right, right. And um, but then he showed me this clip of of this uh, this crazy traffic, uh, this this crazy road in in India. Crazy chaos, like um, cars, scooters, trucks, uh, scooters with five people on it, uh, donkeys, uh, cows, just, just this crazy road of chaos. Right. And then there's this um, this lady who's, who's crossing the street and she just walks in a straight line 
and and everything that's going on on the road is going fast too. You know, it, it's just that it, they're, they're going, they're going fast. Mm. And she just starts, she walks in a straight line across the street and at the same speed and everything just goes past her. Right, right. And and she doesn't she doesn't flinch or she doesn't doesn't mm. look around. She just keeps walking the same speed, and everything goes exactly around her. And and there's a bunch of more clips like that with people just walking through traffic. Right, right. And they don't get hit. And nice. of, of course, a lot of people do get hit, hit too, obviously. But apparently, right. <laughs> apparently, that that's the system there. And most mm. of the time, it it works. So right. it's. Uh, yeah, he was like, well, you know, like India is just so chaotic, but we're used to it. We know exactly how to deal with it. You know, right. every, everyone's just tuned tuned into it, and then it just works. And and he was like, yeah, completely different kind of philosophy towards society, I guess. You know, it's mm. uh, yeah, and also what the individual uh, does in that system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if if you um, if you walk, if you jaywalk, people are like, and and you know, everyone's bothered by it. Like everyone, everyone who sees it knows instantly that it's wrong. You know, and um, and when you do it, you know it's wrong too, because mm. you know that that if you do that, there's uh, there's going to be there's a high chance of bad consequences. But so that's a very calculated way of organizing a yeah. society yeah. and in India they're like well you know if we put up stoplights people are not going to stop because you know they, they just want to go there and they can see some space there and if he just walks uh, if he walks at this speed this guy can go behind him and this car can go in front of him yeah. and uh, you know we don't have to we don't want to think so much about that kind of stuff uh, we'll, we'll figure it out and, and they do you know? right, right, right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that's one of the things I really took away from traveling to um, Bangkok and uh, mm. and uh, Bali. Right. Very different countries than from each other, but more so from us. And it's it's a bit chaotic. It's a bit crazy. And, uh, but somehow it just works perfectly. And if, if we would apply the rules of our society over there, it would, it would just disrupt everything mm. and no one would get it and would just, uh, and like, and vice versa, you know? Yeah. It was just so cool to see that, uh, just a large group of human beings together figure things out to a good end result in completely different ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, also attitude wise, like in, in Bali, uh, it's not a very rich island and, uh, there's a lot of poverty there, but, families live together there's I, I haven't seen any homeless people there right okay and uh, I'm, I'm sure there were don't get me wrong but like th th that's one thing that really struck me like if you if you go to any big city you you see a couple of homeless people and uh but i didn't see that in bali and, and again i'm sure there i mean there's there's lots of different kind of poverty going on in, in different kind of ways you got slums and shit like that mm. but yeah you, you didn't see like the 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 homeless dude who has no purpose in life and who's just kind of, you know, hanging out. Yeah, and and there there wasn't any of that, and and mm. everyone kind of had something to do. They had their own little little job or their own own thing, and and sometimes it would be something really small, but like someone just 
selling uh i don't know just uh just jobs you, you, we wouldn't even consider jobs here mm. but uh, everyone had a purpose and i found it very interesting to see like and everyone i saw also took some kind of pride in it and there was um yeah just just cool to, to see that different countries just come up with different I don't ways know, like, to do it yeah 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 little little sidebar there yeah. i don't know how we got here but nice yeah that's all that was a long way yeah <laughs> <laughs> right damn this drifted off pretty far i think our uh, vegetables uh, steamed vegetables are uh, about done now wow what do you think uh, we um take a little break take a bite and then um continue finish this one off with some with a full belly and some fresh energy Cool, I like it. All right, dude. Mm. I was grabbing a nice bottle of wine. Cheers, by the way, my friend. Yeah, cheers. Mm. As the night goes on, we get more sophisticated. We switch from beer to wine. Yeah. Oh, things get one. more fine. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a uh, fat bastard Mer- Merlot. Hmm. It's a great wine. It's not too too fancy, but it's really good. <clears throat> All right. So we were talking about all kinds of things. We talked about so many things already that I'm not so sure what we should talk about next. Oh, yeah. We were talking about fission reactors, and as you, uh, we established that the fuel that goes into a fission reactor are rods of enriched uranium, but once they are spent, that means they don't generate enough heat to uh, to be usable anymore, right? Uh, what are you left with then? So then you have rods with uh, filled with other material, some part of the unenriched uranium, but uh, parts of just the uh, um, reaction products of it, like the smaller parts. And uh, those are also, I believe, still a little bit in those rod shapes. Okay. Um, and you need to... So yeah. they, they deformed. Yeah, they're deformed indeed. Yeah. Okay. But I believe still a little bit in those shapes. And that material, yeah, you cannot make use of it. And it radiates heavily, Mm. uh, ionizing radiation. And um, so that's, it it is gamma radiation. It's the worst radiation, right? Uh, Or the most dangerous one, rather. Yeah, it it depends on what what kind of frequencies you... uh, but yeah, so or beta radiation. So I I think there's there's combinations of those. Um, but they're the long-lived waste material, so they're like uh, radioactive and severely radioactive. So it's uh, really dangerous for like millions of years. Whereas um, if you have the um, radioactive byproducts that come from the fusion reactor, and that's only the tritium wall, uh, the tritium material that 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 got a bit infected with it actually. 
that's only so for like 10, uh, 10 ish of years. Um, and, and it's not, not even too, too heavy. So these long lived materials from the fission reaction, those are a really problem because where do you store those? How do you transport those? It's always a difficult thing to, to cope with. Well, I so, think they pour them in, in glass or something, right? And then they put them in old mines and just leave it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that, 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 those are the kind of things that happen. But I'm, um, yeah, also there's a fishing reaction going on, or fishing plants uh, existing for quite long, since like the 50s already we have fishing plants. And um, so the first, second, third generation power plants have come online with all upgrades in terms of security and how the reactor uh, strategy, how the reactor scheme works. And now the generation four type of machines are with the molten salt reactor, the fast breeder concept that is really hot and that breeds um, the, um, that can, is able to breed uh, um, high uh, radioactive waste away. Okay. So burn it uh, and all kind of uh, some new, um, also the thorium reactor, pebble bed reactor, where you slow down in um, uh, carbon composite containers where you slow down the neutrons already for a little bit. Um, Those are new concepts that you easily should or that you should pursue and that you also should uh, progress in order to make fission also one of the 10% or 20% energy sources of the future. Because it's getting uh, better, more efficient. It's getting better and more efficient, but because of all this kind of Chernobyl or Three Mile Island in uh, 1979. uh, What happened at Three Mile Island? That was also a nuclear uh, facility meltdown. Oh, I didn't uh, know about that. Yeah. Okay. That Uh, was. uh, I heard about that actually. Was it near New York or? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. and that was in 79 and then in 86 you had Chernobyl and really the enthusiasm in uh, yeah. fishing that, that, that sunk away. Because it. before in the 50s until, up till the 70s, fishing was actually projected as one of the biggest energy sources of now. Right. I've read an old article that was published somewhere in the 50s that did a projection in how large would fishing be around the year 2000. So they projected from then how the year 2000 would look like. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, about that fishing was about one third of the energy, the total energy production. Well, we're not so near that, right? Not, no. And now it's only seven of the electricity production. Yeah. So... Um, because the electricity production is only a small part of, or, or a part of the total electricity or the total energy production, like the crude oil and the coal mm. and the gas. Right. Those are, uh, the, those are the vast majority of the energy world. Right. And electricity is growing with the electrification of cars and, and devices and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's expected to grow, which is in favor of the new kind of energy sources. Uh, including fusion and solar and wind. So this this mm. these these spent rods. There's nothing you can do with them. You cannot. Uh, can can you? I mean, you cannot shoot them into space. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. 
Yeah, obviously. But there's rules. I think there's rules against that or something. Yeah, and well, but first of all, with or without rules, one should always think about do we really want to shoot this nuclear stuff? waste into space? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And how yeah. close, how far do you want to be a part of it? And what if it goes wrong and it turns into some strange orbit and falls back or you falls know back, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't know what happens, man. Yeah. So yeah, you, you sent yeah, I mean fuck. I mean, just, just the fact that I, that I first questioned, well, you know, there's laws against that, but to not think further of the real implication of doing <laughs> that. I mean, I don't know what it says about me, but. Um, well, that that's something dude, you learn at fi- with physics for sure, that you sometimes need to think really concrete about what, what it's, yeah, what you're, you're are sending, you actually doing? You're sending some of the worst things uh, on earth that we created into space and something that just fucks everything up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that that's that's not a cool thing to do you know <laughs> yeah that, that's a really uh, what, what would happen uh, if one of those rods uh, would just um let, let's say the moon is is like an earth-like planet and one of those rods just uh gets into the atmosphere there and lands in there that's basically a nuclear missile right <laughs> um yeah but sort no. of or no i i with don't the kinetic think energy no. with it with the speed of it coming down coming out of space and, and no i i don't think it would go that fast because a nuclear missile was built to to have the uh, extreme chain reaction Okay. But in the in the vault, I believe there's also material. So it's not only purely uranium, but it's uh, the uranium, but also covered in, I believe, carbon uh, kind of stuff mm. to already slow down the uh, neutrons that come out of it. Okay. So, but it's still it's still something you don't want landing in your backyard. <laughs> no, for sure, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but there's more people don't want in their backyards too. So there's this famous acronym NIMBY. Not, Not in, in my, my backyard. backyard. <laughs> That's about all kind of different uh, developments that uh, <laughs> as long as they happen far away, that then it's uh, good. And as long as they help me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good way of uh, looking at things, but mm. we all do it to a certain degree because otherwise... That's true, that's uh, true. Yeah. It's it's really... You, it's you can't really get around it. Nature yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Well, now we're contemplating... Humanity and what it means to be good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, yeah, okay. It's not a good idea to send them into space. So, so we bury we you, they bury them or uh, but they put them in 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 Glassford or something or, or some some some. Yeah, I don't know what exactly the container is, but it's in barrels eventually. Okay. Yeah, and then just barrels filled with lead or something. Yeah, that maybe that may be the case. Yeah. But I, I'm not 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 sure anymore of that. So I need to. And what about all these stories? I don't know if and um, I mean, yeah, it's probably true. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure it's true. Like these old nuclear uh, submarines from the Soviet era that went went to the bottom, that are laying there and rusting there with their nuclear reactors. Uh, you know, right. apparently there's there's a lot of that. There's there's a bunch of those. Okay, that I don't know. So that huh. well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it's one of those scary things that are true, but not very many people know about. But at the same time, I could be reading some bullshit. But if I, uh, I'll, I'll go look for it. If if I find something, I'll put some links in the show notes. But um, 
Yeah, there's apparently there's a bunch of, assuming this story is indeed true, mm. there's a bunch of old uh, Soviet <laughs> nuclear submarines rotting on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> right. And uh, what what's going to happen if, if those things, uh, I mean, eventually things, those things rust and fall apart. So, yeah, yeah. so what's going to happen there, you think? <laughs> there would be a lot of radiation probably. Um, Isn't water a good isolator for it though? Um, Someone once told me that if you that you could take a swim in the path of a nuclear reactor because the water just blocks all the radiation, but because the water doesn't have any minerals in it, you would sink to the bottom and that, that so you still wouldn't swim in it. But if you ignore the technicality, if you were swimming away like one meter away from it, in theory, you wouldn't get hit with nuclear radi- okay. radiation. But I'm not sure if that's true either. I'm not sure either. So that's that's a little bit too far in nuclear reactions on the on the uh, larger molecules actually. Okay. Which for me is quite a long time ago. And uh, uh, so that's yeah. another whole another field. That's a, that's already an all another field that you won't that you don't need to. So you you can wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so specialized actually. Yeah, but it's such a big, huge, crazy thing, you know. Yeah awesome i mean it's i think it's so cool that you uh that you know so much about it even though you probably don't know n- nearly everything you know no that's it's, true it's, uh, there's a lot of um is there is there like atomic one? material uh cross-section uh, cool stuff how uh the electron position is, is there like <laughs> one one person who knows a lot about everything in that field is, is there like one hero kind of guy who sort of is this genius who has his hands in every aspect of the field? Or? Then you should first uh, define what you mean with the field. Right, yeah. Okay. Do you mean the field, do you think in terms of the field of nuclear fusion, then I would say there that is already too big of a field to have one hero in it anymore. So <laughs> okay. it's there's right, right, th- right. theoretical physics, think, thinking about turbulence, thinking about heating systems, thinking about diagnosing systems. So looking at the light that comes out of the machine. That was actually my master's project. I did partly in Korea. I lived there for five months. Oh, okay. I oh, should um, talk about it too later. Yeah. So... Uh, and that uh, was about building a device that looks at the light that comes out of des- that tokamak, that plasma contained uh, uh, by magnets. Tokamak, well, where does that word come from? That comes from, that's a Russian acronym for Toroy Dalna Kamera Magnetsky, in, uh, <laughs> something like it. And it means, freely translated, uh, magnetic donut chamber or okay. do- uh, donut chamber uh, with magnetic coils. Wow. Toroy Dalna, torus. You have you have the Toroy Dalna, torus, a torus shape. So you need a donut, right? Okay, right, right. So and was, camera magnetic. So um, it sounds like a room that's magnetic. Yeah, uh-huh. that is true. It's a yeah. room that's magnetic and it has a tor- toroidal shape. Okay. So that you do because um, if you bend, put magnets around the plasma then the plasma particle starts in this way. If the magnet is in this way, the plasma particles start to move uh, perpendicular right, you, you to it. You just made a bunch of hand movement. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I now rotate my... Yeah, okay, that's hard to explain. Uh, it's... Well, well, if the plasma rotates in a certain direction, um, 
No, other uh, in the other way. So if the magnetic field is in a certain direction, yes, in the, a circle, yeah, um, the the magnetic current is in a circle. The magnetic field is perpendicular to it. Okay, right. So, it's going through it. Yeah, right. And the plasma particles uh, move along the magnetic field lines. But if the coil is like this in a circle, then you should uh, envision or should visualize the magnetic field lines going perpendicular through it, through that circle. Right, like in, instead of going through the hole, hitting it from the side. Yeah. Right. So, and then to prevent, uh, so you have a lot of plasma particles going from one side to the other, but then you would have uh, really severe losses at the end, at the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. So if you bend the machine <laughs> in such a way that you uh, connect the beginning and the end, You have, instead of your linear device, you have a torus, you have a donut shape. Okay. And the plasma particles move in a donut shape. Right. Actually, they make another uh, move in, a, uh, in the other direction around the donut curve. <laughs> and then they move around the donut shape. And that's what they do really fast and really intense. And that's what happened in a machine. And the machine is called a tokamak. Holy shit. <laughs> and that machine is, uh, is the, the, the atoms are uh, driven and there's, there's more atoms uh, being bent into the machine by nuclear beam injection, uh, neutral beam injection. So the neutral particles can get close to the center and then get ionized and then make part of the plasma. And that's what, what creates their their movement. <laughs> that's what creates their movement right. because they're because shut it into it. And yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's light coming out of it. And from the light that comes out of it, you can make a guess of what locally the magnetic field is like. Jesus Christ. And okay. locally the magnetic field, you want to know it because you want to control how much the magnetic field of the outside coils and the magnetic field of the inside plasma are uh, aligned somewhat. Okay. And due to certain alignments, you have really stable confinement in the center. Okay. And um, the device I was working on in my master's project looked at the light that comes from the center and then guessed the poloidal, so the local magnetic field. And that's, uh, yeah, because it's so hot, you cannot uh, push a thermometer in it or some, some device. So you need to, you need uh, to calculate need to think it. of clever ways that yeah. uh, the light, that the radiation that comes out of it, you can do something with it and you, then you calculate what happens inside. Wow. So <laughs> that's, that's the whole part of diagnostics. Then there's the field of material science, what you do with uh, neutrons and the wall the, or the, the wall and the plasma interaction. So where materials become brittle and neutrons shoot the material uh, and they damage the material and material particles start to come into the plasma. So that's the whole part of material science. Also, yeah, uh, uh, already a field in itself. Right. So right, it's right. it's just to it's get just one not, energy source. It's there, just it's not it's possible to to for to know everything. It would yeah. it would take more than a lifetime to know. Uh, to, you know, yeah. yeah, and then already your uh, knowledge is outdated, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow, yeah. oh wow, mm. that's crazy, yeah, that's nuts, man. We we live in such crazy times, and Do we, we don't even yeah. realize it most of the time. I've gone into history more recently, and and the more I learn about the way people lived, even like a hundred years ago, you know. Jesus Christ, we're, we're just blessed, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And yet, yet we, we complain about all kinds of shit. <laughs> It's, um, we, we live in very interesting times. Yeah. In very 
in so many ways too, man. We sure do. I mean, uh, like the, the the world has changed so much since. Well, there there were. I mean, going on into a side side path here again, but Jesus Christ, I, I remember nine uh, eleven. There there was a world before that and a world after that. You know, and mm. that, there was a big big thing that changed everything for everybody. And uh, yeah, and then if and then the first iPhone came, and you know, just and that that became a whole different kind of that changed society too. The smartphones mm. and yeah, now the internet getting into everything <clears throat> and the social media thing that that became a thing, and where we're for the first time realizing as a society that it might actually be damaging to society, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, there's there's so much crazy shit going on, man. Like, the, everything that's happened in the last 20 years, I mean, I, I don't remember the 90s much because I was just a kid, mm-hmm. but but um, even what, what happened between when I uh, started college and what the world looks now, you know? Like, we, we live in the future, man. Yeah. Yeah, it goes really fast, and 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 it it doesn't slow down actually. It only goes faster. Yeah, I realize that too, man. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, smartphones are a great example because everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But you had the fingerprint scanner, and now that that was that was the most revolutionary thing for consumer electronics by a long shot five years ago, and now it's getting replaced by this insane 3D face scan, which scans your face with infrared light, and which is more accurate than actually taking your fingerprint. Uh, and, you right. know, it's it's just mind-blowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, who would have thought that if you should say that like uh, three years ago, if you would predict it, who would have predicted this? Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm not I'm like some some Apple fanboy or something. I mean, Apple makes crazy shit, and and uh, this 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 is not about that. But just the fact that you can unlock your phone with your face, uh, it's, and it's accurate and it's reliable, yeah. and it's it, you you cannot uh, if you grow if you grow a mustache or if you have a beard and you shave it off or you wear glasses, it still knows it still mm. picks you up. You yeah, know? Right. It just scans your bone structure. I don't know how it works, but it's just nuts. And the whole electric car thing too, and the, the, how fast computers have gotten, and all kinds of there's so much crazy shit, man. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we we sure do live in interesting times. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> so, yeah, we sure do. It's a loaded, loaded uh, quote because you can attach any kind of meaning to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people have. All right, man. Well, that was very interesting, dude. Um, nice. I'm trying to think of any more questions that I have for you. And we, we we talked for a long time. I think we probably talked for well over an hour and a half, maybe even two hours. I don't know. Oh, right. Um, but, um, Get lost of the time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good thing, man. Mm. It means you're, we're deep into it. Yeah, that's, uh, and, um, that's good. Let's see. What else was um yeah I, I think I well we we didn't even get into quantum mechanics but I'm afraid if we start getting into that we'll we'll be talking for another at least another hour and I would I, say that's material for another yeah uh, because another I, I'm, I'm starting to feel tired I, I can tell my my head is tired and I think that should tell us uh, that we should end it right here cool all right man well cheers to this episode. 
That was fucking interesting, my friend. I liked it very much. Thanks. Ooh. And thank you for coming on. Thanks do, for having me. Do you have a uh, website or a blog or a project or, or anyone, uh, anything yeah, that you want people to know about? Uh, this is your promotion platform right now for the next couple of seconds <laughs> right yes well I just programmed my own website on uh, guidolange.com guidolange.com I'll put it in the show notes as well and it's it's under construction and it probably uh, will stay in that state for it uh, for a while but okay. uh, sometimes new stuff is being added something's at the dump Okay. Um, yeah. So you Today on it. I faced some problems, like with uh, the my my public and private key files and stuff. Oh, okay. So I couldn't update to GitHub. So you're you're basically building a blog or something? Or? Yeah, something like and, it. And you're, a, a, a you just want a website. Okay, you just yeah. want to have some content on there before yeah. you launch it. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I st- currently there's some content on it. Right. Um, and yeah, more will follow. It's on okay. poetry, on physics, on uh, poetry and physics. That's an interesting combination. Uh, yeah, and on programming actually. So I consider in the well, <laughs> I had a business card with, that said physicist, poet, programmer. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. You you oh. can have one. Uh, that's one cool. I, I'll give you one. That's a that, that's a very you could. That's a very smooth opening line too. Hey baby, I'm a programmer, a poet, and a physicist. <laughs> I can see the panties dropping. <laughs> That's awesome. Shit, I bet you're the only person in the world who has that on his card. That's fucking cool, well, dude. Well, maybe, yeah, that, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, again, thank you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. I, uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we're going to do that. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I'm sure we'll do it again because uh, this has been great. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I sincerely thank you again, man. Ah, uh, thanks. Thanks, dude. All right, everyone. Um, whoo, that was a that was a good one. Wow, I'm tired. All I, right. Um, uh, you can, uh, if you want to read the show notes and uh, find out more about everything we talked about just now, you can go to thepolarizer.com and you'll see all the podcast episodes there and you can uh, click on them and you'll get all the information and all that. You can also find the show on iTunes. If you subscribe on there, uh, please leave us a good review at five stars and a nice review with it. It really helps uh, getting the word out. You can also follow the show and on Twitter at the underscore polarizer. You can also find it on Facebook at the polarizer, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dutch Diederik. That's where I post all my travel photos on, and also just random podcast stuff. So check all of that out. I also have a Patreon page, so if you really get a kick out of these shows, you can uh, become a patron and uh, give me a buck every time I put out a new episode. And um, that's uh, that would help keeping this show going. So you, uh, I will provide a good product to you if you give me your money, man. <laughs> <laughs> give me your money. <laughs> no, all kidding aside, you can also uh, support the show if you uh, click on the Amazon button on the page that that sends you to Amazon. And if you buy something on there, you will get a. Um, You'll, you'll just go through your purchase as uh, as normal and uh, Amazon pays me a small commission because you landed on Amazon 
through my website. So at no extra cost for you, next time you make a purchase in there, you can help me out a little bit too. And uh, yeah, of course, tell all your friends about it. It's uh, every show is free to download, and it will be forever. So do whatever you want, do whatever feels good, man. All right, all right. Thanks again, uh, Guido. It was good. It was cool. You're uh, you're just as interesting as your brother Marnix in mm. a very different kind of way. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And uh, I'm looking to uh, look forward to the next uh, next time we're gonna do this. Cool. Me too. Thanks, dude. Nice, thanks. All right, thank you everybody for listening and tot ziens. Woo, bam. Oh, boom. You've been listening to the Polarizer podcast. Check the show notes for links and details on literally everything that was discussed and mentioned during the show. Subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes or your other favorite podcast directory to never miss an episode. And be so kind to give us a five-star rating and review. Visit thepolarizer.com for high-quality articles on making life an adventure, traveling the world, being the best you can be, and other topics that fuel the fire in your soul. That's thepolarizer.com. One word, including the. Thank you for listening. And thanks for telling a friend. It really makes all the difference. Ik voor de eerste maal mijn bovenbuur. Heb dat te maken met lekkage naar ik meen of met de huur. Er hing een levens echt portretje van een cirkel aan de muur. Hé, hey, dat ziet er rood uit. Kijk. Nice. En hij ontpopte zich tot vreemde en ascetische figuur die zich in leven hield met brokjes en augurken in het zuur. Het schikt me slecht, ik moet veel werk verrichten, sprak hij over stuur. Ik heb al jaren een obsessie en die geeft mij rust nog duur, daar ik verslaafd ben aan de cirkelkwadratuur. Als men de omtrek van een cirkel zo begon, hij zijn verhaal gaat delen door de doorsnee. Uiteraard is die twee keer de straal, dan komt er één quotient. Ja, mag ik even stilte in de zaal? Vaak zegt men 22 zevende, maar dat is te globaal. In feite is het 2 pr En dat is lang niet zo banaal. Het blijkt dat pi irrationeel is en daarbij transcendentaal. En een computer heeft het uitgerekend, is dat niet geniaal? Dat in de weet ik veel hoeveelste decimaal. Ja, deze pi, dat staat te lezen in de encyclopedie, is eeuwenoud in wetenschappelijke Grieks en vol magie. Als ik zo pieker over pi, spreekt u wellicht van een manie, maar zijn wij allemaal neuro, roman of mystici? Een ander heeft een colibri, een reliquie of een fobie, maar ik verdiep me onophoudelijk en zonder compromis in dit unieke en verheven wonder der planemetrie. Ik zoek het antwoord op het grote raadsel pi. Na deze woorden onderbrak hij spastisch hijgend zijn gepraat en er verscheen een onrustbarend kleurenspel op zijn gelaat. Dus ik begon al rond te kijken naar een zuurstofapparaat, maar hij bedaarde en hervatte zijn verhandeling voor de kordaat. Er is een andere formule, die is ook niet van de straat, een oppervlakte van een cirkel immers is Pierre kwadraat. En om de waarde van die pi nu eens te zien in volorna, dat is wat mij als ideaal voor ogen staat. Al dus vind ik 3,1415265, et cetera, et cetera, ja het heeft heel wat lobbend lijf zodat ik elke morgen bij het opstaan eventjes verstijf, bij de gedachte aan de eindeloosheid van het tijdverdrijf, waarmij ik mij toch altijd weer verman en in mijn handen wrijf. Ik grijp de rekenlineaal, maar soms ook de rekenschijf. Ik zet me neer en calculeer en schrijf, en calculeer en schrijf, en ik zal blijven zoeken tot ik erin blijf. Wauw. Wat is dokter Anders P. Dat was een
Ja, that's true. Ja. Dr. Anders P., een famous Dutch uh, poet. Well, uh, yeah, a light first poet. <laughs> <laughs>